wants to turn to two places this morning. We're going to be in Revelation chapter number 21. So find Revelation chapter number 21 and then hold your place there and then turn with me to John chapter number 14. I want you to uh, have Revelation 21 where you can get to it quickly. Uh, we'll begin in John chapter number 14 this morning and uh, we'll look at a familiar chapter, John 14. Uh, but we will spend some time in Revelation 21 this morning, and we look forward to what God has for us uh, from His Word. I've already been blessed by the Sunday school lesson this morning, been blessed by the fellowship, uh, the music, uh, all of the reminders of heaven and what we have to look forward to in that place called heaven. Uh, heaven is a real place, and those who know the Lord uh, will spend an eternity there and we certainly look forward uh, to that time being with our Savior uh, for all of eternity. John chapter 14, a familiar passage of Scripture. I'm going to read the first six verses, beginning with verse number 1. Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14, Jesus begins with, let not your heart be troubled. Often I've turned to this passage, often I've used this passage in conducting funerals, uh, giving encouragement. We live in a troubled world. Uh, I wish I could tell you, Christian, that once you got saved, you'd never have another problem. Wish I could tell you you'd never have a broken heart. I wish I could tell you you'd never say goodbye. I wish I could tell you you'd never shed a tear. I wish I could tell God's church that we would not have troubles in this world, but truth of the matter is, we know this is a troubled world. Many of us would say, humanly speaking, I am troubled this morning, but Jesus tells the disciples, and certainly us today, after in the previous chapter, he tells them he's going to be leaving them, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Why should our hearts not be troubled? Well, verse number 2 in my Father's house. And Jesus goes on to describe what is in his Father's house. This morning I want to preach on the Father's house. And very practical to remind us of that place called heaven, the Father's house. Father, I pray that you would use your word this morning. May we be health, may we be reminded, may we determine to be faithful uh, until you uh, have prepared that place for us. And Father, I pray that uh, if there's one this morning in the service or uh, perhaps watching by live stream or even listening by radio this morning who does not know Jesus, who's never put their faith and trust in Him. May they realize today, may they know today that they cannot get to you. They cannot get to that place called heaven unless they go through the way. The way is Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that the day would be their day of salvation. May we as uh, the saved, may we as the redeemed, may we be reminded of what we have in, in Jesus, what we have in that place called heaven. And may our hearts uh, be, be encouraged this morning. May we be stirred to do more for you. May we be faithful until that time you call us home. We ask this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. The words we've already read this morning as Jesus speaks to his disciples, he said, let not your heart be troubled. In doing so, he begins to tell them of the Father's house to give them understanding of why. He doesn't tell them there won't be reasons for them not to be troubled, but he says, in spite of the reasons for you to be troubled, don't be troubled. It's one of those things where sometimes it sounds like it's easier to say than do. But certainly as he tells the disciples he's going to be leaving them, and he tells them not to be troubled, he gives the reason not to be troubled by telling them about his father's house. And friend, you and I should certainly be able to apply this. And while there are things that would trouble us, we're not to be troubled because of the Father's house. Because of that place called heaven, that place where God our Father is. And he tells them, in my Father's house are many mansions. I think of that children's song, which has kind of become a chorus that we sing from time to time. And everything's all right in my Father's house. We may live in a troubled world where often things are not right, and we can't ever say everything's all right, but we can say everything's all right in my Father's house. I'll spare you from singing the song this morning, but the words remind us that there is joy in the Father's house. The song reminds us that the devil won't be there in my Father's house. The song gives an invitation, come and go with me to my father's house. See, in a troubled world, we as Christians, we as God's children should focus on a troubleless place. There's a reason why Jesus began to tell the disciples of his father's house after letting them know that they should not let their hearts be troubled. Friend, I'm a firm believer in the fact that we as Christians many times allow our hearts to be troubled, and it's because we're not focused on the right things. Certainly there are many examples in Scripture of when the disciples and others took their eyes off of the Lord, uh, they found themselves in trouble, and certainly you and I, we take our eyes off of the proper things, we find ourselves in trouble that could have been avoided. But we, you and I should not have a temporal view. You and I should have an eternal view. We should be looking forward to that place called heaven. We'd make wiser decisions if we kept our focus on the Father's house. We wouldn't be discouraged and quit if we kept our eyes focused on the Father's house. We'd lay up rewards in heaven if we kept our focus on the Father's house. Let's see what Jesus says about the Father's house this morning. I'll be very practical with the outline. We've See, number one, the place called heaven. In verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. There is a place being prepared for you and I, for the believer. Jesus told them there's a place, as they were in that place where Jesus was teaching them and instructing them, they were in that place as they went from village to village and town to town, he tells them that there is a place that is being prepared specifically for them. And friends, we are reminded this morning that there is a place being prepared for God's children. Aren't you glad that there's more to life than what we see here? Aren't you glad there's more to life than what we have here? Uh, there's a different place. 
Why should a Christian stay encouraged? Because this is not our eternal dwelling place. This world is full of trouble. This world is full of sorrows. But there's a place being prepared. Where is it? It's in my Father's house. It is where He is preparing for you and I. As you hold your place in John 14, we look back to Revelation chapter 21 this morning. I begin reading in verse number 10, and truly there's no way in a message this morning, there's no way in one Sunday and two messages in a day that you can cover all that the Bible says about heaven. But we get a little bit of a glimpse in Revelation 21, this new heaven and new earth. In verse 10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great day, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. It had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And on the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. We're getting a glimpse of the city, the new Jerusalem, heaven. And we're told that there's walls and gates. It's an exclusive neighborhood, as you can imagine. We get to learn a little bit more about it. Verse 16, And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. The city lieth four square. It is the same distance wide as it is long. It's a cube, and you do a rough estimate of that size. It's about 1,500 miles in each direction. Verse 17, and he measured the wall thereof, 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. We're getting an idea of some things about this place, but truly our mind cannot fully grasp the Father's house. A city made of gold. I've been in some interesting places before. I can think of some cathedrals that I have witnessed and seen in the gold ornaments, the gold uh, things that are displayed. Um, if you don't know, that's why you have to pay $2 to try and pray for somebody uh, so they can have that gold. But anyway, that's another subject. But my Bible tells me that the city, the Father's house, is made of pure gold. And the foundation, while I'm certainly that's beautiful, I don't remind you of that. I tell you that because what the Bible tells us, but that's not what has its value. Gold is valuable here, but we get a picture of the beauty of that city, the beauty of that place, but that's not what the value is. The value is it's the Father's house. The value is the Son of God is there. The value is uh, there's no night there. The value is there's no sin there. The value is there's no, there's no evil there. The value is we are in our glorified bodies. In verse number 
19, and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a, a, a coxendani, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, and tenth a chrysophorus, and the eleventh a jacinth, and the twelfth an amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every, in every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold as if it were transparent glass. The place called heaven. You and I need to be reminded that when we leave this life, we're going to another place. It is a place that God has prepared. It's what Jesus tells them. I go to prepare a place. Number two this morning, I want want us to be reminded of the promise of heaven. In verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. There's a promise of heaven. Verse number three, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Friend, you and I have a promise of heaven. Why should the Christians stay encouraged? Because we've been promised heaven. Why should we serve our, our, our Savior? He died for us. That's enough for us to serve Him right there. And we serve Him because we have a promise of heaven. Why should we not be discouraged by the troubles of this world? Because we have a promise of heaven. Why should we let our hearts not be troubled? And and certainly, uh, these men wouldn't have understood the things that we face today. Oh, they they faced their own issues in that day. But friend, the time does not change the fact that in my father's house, we're told not to let our hearts be troubled because heaven is a promise. And friend, let me remind you, if God promises it, it's already done. If God promises it, you can count on it. It is going to be fulfilled. I'm reminded of the book of Titus, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. This place is a place of eternal life. Say, Pastor, how can you say that with such confidence? Because God, which cannot lie, promised it before this world was ever fashioned. Before you and I were ever here, God promised eternal life. That eternal life is going to be lived in that place called heaven, and it is a promise of heaven. Friend, don't be discouraged this morning by what's going on in this world. It's just getting us closer to heaven. Don't be discouraged by the the things that you don't understand. Keep your eyes focused on the Father's house. In the Father's house, things are just going according to plan. In the Father's house, there's no worries and concerns. In the Father's house, there's no broken hearts. We have a promise of heaven. Well, we've all been promised things and them not come to fruition. But God never promises something that's not, He hasn't already made the way to deliver it. Friend, you and I ought to hold to the promise of heaven. Certainly we do when we lose somebody we love. What helps us get through those times is the promise of heaven. We're reminded in other passages that we sorrow, but not sorrow at those having no hope. Because we know the promise of heaven. I then notice number three, if you'll follow with me, we see the preparation of heaven. I go back to verse number two. In my Father's house are many mentions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to think just for a moment. Jesus 
the Son of God, the Savior of men. He's telling those disciples not to be troubled. He's leaving, but he's going to his father's house. And in his father's house, there are preparations being made. Now, notice the words of the scripture. He says, I go. Well, you read this Bible, there's some times when God dispatches an angel and you read the things that take place around those angels. It's, it's fascinating to think of these angelic beings. But Jesus isn't talking about angels preparing a place. He says, I go. It's him. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Aren't you glad we have a personal Savior. When we talk about Jesus, this world needs to know that Jesus is the Savior of all men. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. And that needs to be preached that no matter how far you've gone, no matter what you've done, uh, you need a Savior, first of all. You cannot save yourself. You cannot work your way to heaven. You can't buy your way in. Somebody else can't pray you in. You must go through the Lord Jesus Christ, and no matter who you are, what you've done, he'll save you if you believe on him. I like the thought of any man can be saved. Any man can have Jesus as a Savior. Let me tell you what I like a little bit better than that. He's my Savior. I go to prepare a place for you. It ought to be an overwhelming thought to you and I that Jesus went to the cross, yes, for mankind. He took upon himself the sins of mankind. Let's make it more personal this morning. He took upon himself your sins. If no other man had ever lived, Jesus would have died for you. Your sins would have crucified Jesus. My sins would have crucified Jesus. He became our sin sacrifice. He rose having conquered death and hell, and he reminds us that he's going to prepare a place for us. It's for you. Oh, Christian, no matter what you face in this world, realize that you have a Savior who loved you enough to die for you. You have a Savior who loves you enough to pay your sin debt, but he's preparing a place for you because Jesus wants you with him. The Father wants his children with him. We find the preparation of, preparation of the places I go to prepare a place for you. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Verse 2. If it were not so, I would have told you. Why are there many mansions? Because there's many of his children. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's preparing that mansion. He's preparing that uh, place where we will reside in that new city, that, that place called heaven. Think about it. How many of you are saved this morning? You're on your way to heaven. Do you realize something? That you have a mansion being prepared for you? I mean, God's done preparing your mansion and my mansion. When he sees fit that the race is run, that's when he calls us home. Now, from this side of it, we don't like the separation. 
from this side of it. We don't like saying goodbye to those that we know and love. But from eternity's side of it, you have the, the, the Bible reminds us that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. He wants his children with him. And what is it when a child of God is taken from this life? It's because the mansion's done. It's because the race is run. And the time is coming when all of us, he's preparing a place for all of us to dwell with him. The time's coming when he is going to return for us all. We have the preparation. It's a personal place prepared personally by our Savior. Then number four, we see the person of heaven. This is the best part about heaven, in my opinion. Look at verse number six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way to heaven. I mentioned in Sunday school this morning, there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus, but they'll never get to heaven. They believe Jesus is the Son of God, but they'll never get to heaven. They believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, but they'll never get to heaven. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You must believe that He is the sin sacrifice. You must believe in the death, the burial, and resurrection. He is the way. Religion won't get you to that place called heaven. Religion won't take you to the, that, that eternal dwelling place of the redeemed. He's the way, the truth, the life. He says, uh, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let me take you back to Revelation chapter number 21. If you'll flip back there to Revelation chapter number 21. And we've seen some of the things that will be in heaven and some of the things that the eye will behold when we get to that place called heaven. But look with me at verse number 22 of chapter number 21. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb were the temple of it. Well, I, I love coming to church, don't you? Well, that was only half of you. I love Sunday. I love the house of God. I love the singing. I love singing the hymns. I love hearing the hymns sung. I love everything about church. I love the fact that this is the Lord's day. It is set aside for Him. And we take some time to worship Him in song and worship Him in offering. And we acknowledge Him as a collective, as at, corporately, as a church. And Boy, it's wonderful to come down to the house of God. There's something about walking in the church doors and being in the house of God. But in heaven, there's no temple therein. I love to come to church and hear those songs this, this, that we sang this morning in the sweet by and by. There's a lamb that is fairer than day. And oh, we keep our focus on our Lord and we learn how to better serve him. And we want to be reminded of that place called heaven. But the day is coming when we are in heaven. We will be with our Savior and there's no need. Hey, let's go, get, go down to the church house and, and let's sing unto our Lord. Oh no, he is the temple thereof. We will worship in verse 23, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light thereof. 
it'd be a sad thing if it was dark in that place and you couldn't see how wonderful it is. You think of the place called hell that I'm so thankful that I'll never have to spend a moment there. Eternal darkness. There's a lot of horrors of hell. But to be in darkness for eternity. Why is it dark for eternity? Because God is not there. We have the light in heaven because he is the light thereof. This passage of scripture goes on to tell us the gates shall not be shut at all. There shall be no night there. It shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Friend, the person of heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now tonight, Lord willing, I'm going to preach out of this chapter and preach on some other aspects of heaven, and I'm thankful for that reunion place. I'm thankful for that place where there's no sorrow, no sickness, no pain, no suffering. But friend, the, most, the greatest thing about heaven is the fact that Jesus is there. Well, I read, the, I read through the Gospels, and even in this passage in John chapter 14, and, and I wonder what it was like to see Jesus do the things that Jesus did. I wonder what it was like to see uh, Jesus heal the sick. I wonder what it was like to, to, hear, to, hear, to see the miracles that Jesus did. I try and place myself there. I wonder what it would be like to see him with my own eyes. Boy, to think about it, the privilege that these had to see the Son of God. To hear his voice. I can't even begin to describe maybe what his voice was like. And by the way, the, the pictures you see, quote unquote, of Jesus, that's not what Jesus looks like. But oh, to be able to have seen him. To hear him. This might mean nothing to you, but I think of those times when you have the blind who is healed. And the first face they saw was of Jesus, the one who healed them. What a thought. But friend, the day's going to come if Jesus tarries his coming that you and I are going to close our eyes in death. And the first face we're going to see is the face of our Savior. He's the person of heaven. Well, I look forward to the day of being with my Savior. I look forward to the day of serving Him for eternity. I look forward to the day of... You say, Pastor, you sound like you're ready, you might be ready to go. Oh, I have much that I want to do for the Lord. I have a whole list of things that I believe the Lord would have us to do. But friend, uh, when He's ready, I mean, there's no greater place than that place called heaven. It would be a wonderful thing if Jesus returned today and that trumpet were to sound today. Be a wonderful day, thing for him to call us home, and that's part of us being prepared to go to that place. The person of heaven, Acts 16, 31, reminds us to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What was what is that verse indicating? Of course, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection, what Christ did. And you can be saved from that horrible place called hell. Saved. From our own sins. Friend, this morning, we need to be reminded, we need to keep our focus on that place called heaven. Let not your heart be troubled. Are you troubled this morning? For troubled this morning, why don't we think about the Father's house? What do we think about the things that aren't in 
the Father's house. Why don't we think about who is in the Father's house? Friend, this morning there's little reason for you and I. Yes, this world is a troubled place. Uh, there, there are burdens that trouble us. There are things that trouble us. But friend, what Jesus is saying is put it in perspective. In my Father's house, I'm leaving. And there's no reason for you to be troubled because I'm not forsaking you. I'm not turning my back on you. I have to leave because I'm preparing a place for you to come. And friend, this morning, you and I need to keep our eyes on that place called heaven. We need to keep our eyes on the Father's house. It is a a real place. It is a place that is being prepared for God's children. And because we know Christ, we know that we have an eternal home there. I thought about how to do this this morning. And I don't, for the sake of keeping everything focused, I'm going to have Brother Stanley help me. We're going to go to invitation a little bit different. This morning. That little song I referenced at the beginning. Everything's all right. In my father's house. Do you know it? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Mrs. Stanley, you'll need to get to the piano. We're going to have an invitation in just a moment. And if you don't know that you're saved... You have an opportunity for you to trust Christ as your Savior. And we're going to sing just a verse of this, and if you don't know it, you can catch it. It's not a real hard song. I would say we'll just pretend like we're in children's church this morning, but some of you, I'd have to put you in the sin seat if that was the case. I want you to think about that, the Father's house. Everything's all right. In my Father's house. Everything is not all right on this world. We have burdens. We have heartaches. But you know where there's no burdens? In my Father's house. You know where there's no heartaches? In my Father's house. I have a daughter this morning. In my Father's house. I'll see her again. In my Father's house. The day's going to come, I'm going to preach on the night where there's no tears in my father's house. There's no sickness in my father's house. There's no burdens in my father's house. This morning, I want you to think about everything's all right in my father's house. Brother Stanley, lead us if you would. Everything's all right in my father's house. In my Father's house, in my Father's house, everything's all right. In my Father's house, where there's joy, 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 the devil won't be there. In my Father's house, in my Father's house, in my Father's house, the devil won't be there. In my Father's house, where there's joy, joy. Jesus is the way to my father's house, to my father's house, to my father's house. Jesus is the way to my father's house, where there's joy, joy, joy. 
Father, we come to you this morning thankful for Jesus.